Welcome to the Emmanuel Church Podcast, where we believe God is with us and speaks to us wherever we're at, whether at work, home, or on the move. We'd love for you to be connected with us by visiting us at myemmanuelchurch.com or any social media platform using at myemmanuelchurch. Thanks for being with us, and we hope you enjoy this message. Yes, today I am Pastor Gabe. Uh, thank you for being here in person. We're glad to see you online. We're glad to see you with us today. We are continuing our series, Searching for Truth, Searching for Truth this week. And before I do that, just a few quick announcements. As always, we uh, encourage you to be part of e-groups on Fridays at 7 We are having uh, a great time studying the Word of God. We're studying the book of Proverbs right now. And it's a it's a great opportunity to just have conversation with each other and conversation about the the Bible. And we're having a great time. And if you haven't joined us, please do. We would love for you to be with us during that. If you would like to give and support this ministry, continue what we do. Uh, if you are here in person, we you can give in the lobby. And if you are watching online, you can give online by going to mymanualchurch.com slash give. I want to give a shout out uh, to our graduates. We have a couple of graduates in our in our church here in Emmanuel Church that are graduating this next week. Edward Quintero and Joanna Ramos, who's part of our worship team. Oh, she already stepped off. But uh, we recognize them and any of the graduates that are graduating this year uh, in the class of 2021. I know it's been a difficult, weird year. Um, and Tammy as well. She was graduating from our um, certified medical assistant. Um, as well from our worship team. I know it's been a weird year. A lot of classes have been online and other things, but we, we're still proud of all our graduates who put in the effort and were able to get, uh, get the diploma, get the certificates. And we, we love them and we are praying for God to bless them and take them forward. So with that, I want to get into the word this morning and I have enjoyed this series, albeit I know I had a conversation with someone that was like, you know, the topic you're talking about right now, truth, that's a difficult topic. Like, yeah, it, it's a difficult topic because not everyone sees truth the same way. And we've had a bit of that conversation already. We've talked about the fact that truth oftentimes can be subjective or can be personal or part of our own perspective, but then there are truths that don't change. And we have, we've had these uh, messages these past few weeks talking about the lies that we believe about ourselves and about God and recognizing that Jesus is the source of all truth. But so what now? Moving on in that vein of thought and conversation, what do we do to be able to recognize truth in our lives? Because there is a lot uh, of information out there. There's a lot to hear. There's a lot of arguments and persuasions about what is true and what is right and what is wrong. And we need to know how do we recognize truth in our lives? Because there's a lot of fake news, a lot of false stories, a lot of half 
truth. And I think a lot of times it's less about what is blatantly a lie and truth, because sometimes those are pretty obvious, no matter how, uh, how, how, how much someone wants to believe a lie is true. It's like they have this uh, saying about fishermen's tales. I don't fish much anymore, but I used to fish a lot. My dad likes to go fishing. And one of the things you would always say is fisher, fishermen, are, when you go fishing, you tend to exaggerate the catch of the size of the fish every time you retell the story. You know, oh, you know, the first time, well, you know, it wasn't that great of a trip. You know, we just caught a little fish. It's like, oh, you know, this time it, we caught a little fish. The next time you tell it to someone, so yeah, it went pretty good. You know, we caught a fish this big. It's just a little bit bigger. And the next time, oh man, it was huge. It was great. And they always say that, like they, they tend to exaggerate. I remember one time um, we went, uh, I went with my, uh, my dad and my uncle and my brother and a few others. And we went and we caught nothing that whole day. But at the end of the day, someone decided, they said, we, we have more than we can take with us. And so they gave us an ice chest full of fish that were pretty big. And I remember my uncle's like, well, you know, we're just going to tell everybody this is what we caught. <laughs> this is what we caught. And we want to believe these things are true, you know, but those are, those are obvious lies. Obvious things like, you know, though, we know that there's not truth in it. But then there are half-truths, things that seem to- so tempting that it's hard to tell what it, what's real or not. What is the truth? Charles Spurgeon, a theologian, once said that discernment is not knowing the difference between right and wrong. It's knowing the difference between right and almost right. It's close. Sometimes we don't know if what we're believing or what we're, we've bought into or what we've heard is true or not. And we have to be careful because there are things that they sound right. They sound right. And if we're not careful, we will end up falling into the realm of gullibility. And Christians oftentimes have been known to be very gullible. You may have heard a story some years back that was about a Russian geological team that was drilling into the earth. And they said that they drilled into the earth and they dug the deepest hole ever that they would, uh, could have ever dig. And that sounds like a weird statement, but from a geologist's point of view, it's like a fisherman. It's like every, every geologist wants to try and get deeper into the earth's core because they want to understand the earth better. But the story goes that they heard that they lowered a microphone and they heard screams from there. That they, and then there was a, a tabloid that picked it up. And even Christian networks picked it up in the United States saying they found the entrance to hell. Turns out that that really wasn't true. It wasn't something that actually happened. And in fact, the, the story even goes weirder. I did some research on it and I found out that the story was retold and retold and retold. And so the final telling of the story is, yeah, yeah, they lowered down the microphone. And when they lowered down the microphone, they heard screams. And then a pillar of light came out of the hole and words were ri- written in the sky with bat wings that said, I have conquered. I'm like, wow, this, whoa. Where did this go? How out of control did this get? 
We, we can fall easily into the stories of being gullible. And that's the thing. I heard that preached growing up. People, people talked about that all the time, and then it wasn't even true. There were stories, uh, there, was, there were some stories written, books written about a couple of kids. There was two different stories that said that they died and they went to heaven. And one of the kids came out and he says, I, I, I lied. The whole thing was made up because I thought I might get attention. But this isn't true. But yet it was picked up and propagated and thrown out there. And so how do we know? What, how can we recognize truth? How can we look past the things that are almost right? How can we find the things that are wrong? How can we find the things that masquerade as truth? How can we do that when everybody seems to think that they know what is real, what is true, and what's not? 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 to 5 says this, and it talks about the last days. And it talks about how this is difficult. It says, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. So the Bible even warns us, the Apostle Paul warns us, and as he's writing to his his son in the faith, Timothy, and says, be careful because there will be people that will masquerade as those that know the truth, yet the truth is not in them. They will look godly on the outside, but they will not be on the inside. So we got to know, how do we recognize truth? And that's the title of my message. I don't know if you noticed because I said it like five times already. How do we recognize truth? And there are three things that I'm going to share with you today that are key to recognizing truth in our lives. Recognizing truth. And the first thing that we need before we try to go down a journey of deciding what is true, what is real, and what is not, what is good, what is bad, what is lies, before we we start, we need to start on solid ground. We need solid foundation to work on. And it's funny, my brother preached this morning in our Spanish service, and he talked about this story a little bit, and I'm going to talk about it now too. But we need a solid foundation. In Matthew chapter 7, the, Jesus tells this story about two people that were building a house. And one built their house on solid ground, and the other built their house on sand, on shaky ground. And then when a storm came through, the one that was built on shaky ground did not stand. But the one that was built on solid ground did stand. And the important thing to note is it's such a simple story. But when it comes to anything, we need a solid foundation to start with. So when it comes to truth and recognizing truth in our lives, we need to find a solid foundation. And that foundation is the Word of God. We need to know the Bible. We need to know the Bible. We have to know what it says. We have to under, try to learn to understand it because, you know, the Bible is not easy to understand. 
uh, uh, no matter what version of the Bible you read, you're going to find something confusing in it. You're going to find something that doesn't make sense. And I love the message version, but we were talking about this in e-groups on Friday because of the fact that sometimes message version is a little wacky. And we were talking about Psalm chapter 1 verse 1 that says, Don't go to sin saloon. Like, what is, what, it's so weird. Yet, yet no matter what version, and the message version tries to make things simple, tries to make things modern, but we will always find things that are hard to understand, and that's okay. It wasn't written uh, in, in our culture, in our language, to our people, but it is essential to us. It is essential to our faith, so much so that the last 2,000 years have been, the point of it have I been trying to understand the Word of God and rightly teach it. We have to be in the Bible. We have to study it. Because this, this is a basic thing. I've talked about, we talk about this all the time. You need to read your Bible. You need to read your Bible. And we know that. We know that. You know, you, you know things. You know basic things. We, we know the basic things of how to like take care of ourselves. Say, we're supposed to brush our teeth, you know, wash our faces, take showers. These are the basics of hygiene, the basic of life. And the basics of faith are prayer and reading the Bible and being in a community of faith. These are basics. But sometimes the basics are hard to, not hard to remember, but hard to do consistently. Because let's, let's be honest, we don't always all brush our teeth all the time. Sometimes we skip a day or two of showers. And, you know, especially during the pandemic, I, I, I tried to shower as much as I did because I, I would work out every day. But I would hear stories, I was like, I don't know, I haven't showered in a week. Okay, I mean, you're not going anywhere, so I guess you're fine. <laughs> but the thing about it is, is the basics sometimes become difficult, to implement or to remember or to, to, to put, make part of your life if we don't practice it. We need to study the Word of God. We need to study the, it, it, we need to study it. We need to know it. Because otherwise, if we are confronted with the Bible, if we are confronted with people who know the Bible better than us and are, are trying to talk about how God doesn't exist just based on the Bible, then we're not going to know how to answer them. The, the devil knows the Bible. We, we see the story of Jesus and he was in the wilderness being tempted. And when he was being tempted, he wasn't being tempted by just riches. Just wealth, just pleasure, just, it wasn't just outright the wrong stuff. It was, hey, you're hungry, you have needs, you can take care of that because the word says. The enemy knows the word too. And the enemy knows the Bible too. And so we have to know it, we have to study it, we have to put it into practice. We can't just take for uh, take at face value anything that we hear because anybody can stand up here and have a microphone and tell you this is what God says, this is what the Bible says, and it may not all be true. In fact, I can get it wrong. I have gotten it wrong. And I've had to preach a retraction sermon. <laughs> it's like, you know what? I talked about this the last time. That was wrong. I learned. I grew. I understood better. We have to study it. 
The, in Acts chapter 17, it tells us the story of Paul on his missionary journey. And as he is on his journey, he encounters uh, some believers, and not some believers, some people, some Jewish people in the city of Berea. And as he is there, he, he tells them the gospel. And it says like this in verses 10 and 11 of Acts chapter 17. It says, As soon as it was night, the believers sent Paul and Silas away to Berea. On arriving there, they went to the Jewish synagogue. Now the Berean Jews were more noble of the character of those in Thessalonica. For they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. To see if what Paul said was true. Paul was a very learned man and he knew the gospel and he met Jesus and he did miracles and we see all of that. But he went to them and he told them the gospel and they were like, you know what? I don't know. So what am I going to do? I'm going to go to the scripture. I'm going to go to the word of God and I'm going to see if what you're saying is true. So we, that's what we need to do. We need to rec- in order to recognize truth in our lives, we need to be able to have that foundation of the word of God. We need to be able to go back and compare it to the Bible and say, does this match up? Does this really match up here? Does, is this true? And sometimes that means we're going to have to go a little bit deeper. Studying words that we don't know or understand, Greek and Hebrew and other things like that, because that's where it was written in. And not to us. It wasn't written to Americans. No, I know we like to believe that maybe sometimes. Oh, that it was written to Americans, that America is in the Bible. I don't know if America is in the Bible. It doesn't talk about us. But it wasn't written to us. But it's applicable to us, but we need to understand it. We have to have a strong foundation. We have to be able to search the word and say, does this match up with what God said? Does this match up with what Jesus said? We need a strong foundation. Second thing is we need to check the fruit. Now, see, because there's going to be a lot of people talking at you, telling you this is what God says. And there's a lot of warnings of the Bible, so don't ever tell anybody this is what the Lord says, and you, unless you are absolutely sure, because there's warnings against that. But no, there's going to be a lot of people talking at you. There's a lot of people trying to tell you what the truth is or what they understand from the Bible. And there's nothing wrong with conversation, having these conversations. In fact, that's part of studying the Word. Having a conversation about what the Bible says and talking about it. You know, I don't know if this is what this means or that means. Let's study. Let's talk. Let's meditate. Let's ruminate on this and understand together. But there are going to be a lot of people that are going to claim to know Jesus, that are going to claim to be followers of Christ, and yet something is out of place. That's what 2 Timothy, what we read at the beginning, said. They're going to look godly on the outside, but they're going to have nothing to do with holiness. Nothing to do with holiness. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 15 to 19, Jesus is telling us and giving us a warning about people such as these. He calls them false prophets. He says, watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit, you will recognize them. That's important there. By their fruit, you will recognize them. 
Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A bad tree bears bad fruit. I'm going to stop right there, though. We have to watch the fruit that people produce. We have to be mindful of how people's actions match up with their words. Because you can say anything. I can tell people I'm a mechanic. I am not. I know nothing about cars. I have been taught a little bit here and there. I know how to change brakes thanks to our worship leader, Guile. Um, he has helped me figure that out. Because many people have tried to teach me, but I think I got it straight from him. I cl- it clicked finally. But I'm not a mechanic. I can't tell you with all the parts of the car name. I can call myself that to someone I've never met. And they might believe me. But I'm not. I don't know. But the fruit is the key. Because if then they ask me, well, can you fix my car? And I sit there and I break it. <laughs> I am not a mechanic, clearly. So we have to watch the fruit. What, what it, are their actions matching up with their words? And this is important. This is key to understanding because Jesus tells us there are going to be people. They're going to look like they're supposed to. They're going to look holy. They're going to know the Bible. They're going to stand in church and wear church clothes and sing the songs. And they are going to tell you this is truth. But what is their fruit? What is their fruit? Are they standing there telling you this is the truth? And yet, their actions show hate? Are they hating people? Are they pushing people outside of the church that belong on the inside? Are they doing things that don't match up? There's been a lot of talk in these past couple of years about church leaders that have fallen from grace. And yet, a lot of times, what ends up happening is these churches are trying to protect them and saying, no, it's okay. Yet, then when they look at the history of it, there is history of abuse and problems and sin in those lives that, are, that, that is not the fruit that God was talking about. Yet, they will stand and tell people this is the truth and not follow it themselves. See, this is a hard question because then we have to wonder what is the truth? And that's when we go back to what we said in the the very beginning of the series that the truth isn't just some words that we speak. It's a person. It's Jesus. And does that truth then match up to Jesus? Does the fruit match up to Jesus? Does the fruit match up to Jesus? Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1 to 2 says, Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love. Walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave us himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. And that's what we have to ask ourselves. Is what I am being told walking in the way of love or is it pushing hate? We have to check the fruit because that's what Jesus says. What is the fruit? Fruit of the Spirit is peace, patience, kindness, love, 
self-control. These are the things that demonstrate someone who is walking in truth. But otherwise, there's a problem. If, 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 you're, if, every ter- if every corner you turned around talking to people and listening to them, and they say one thing that sounds good, but then on the other side they say something that just doesn't sit right, that doesn't match up with Jesus. That's what we have to pay attention to, Jesus. He is the example. Yes, we start in the foundation of the Word, and He is the Word, so we have to check the fruit. Does it match up with Jesus? Does it match Jesus? This is key to living out the truth. Otherwise, we will fall victim to those who will lead us to love less. They will lead us to be a church, to be a place where people don't belong. Because of how they look or how they live or how they believe. Yet Jesus said, I would welcome all to know me. So check the fruit. Check the fruit. Number three, listen to the Holy Spirit. Listen to the Holy Spirit. John chapter 16 verse 13 says this, But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. The Holy Spirit, another name for the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Truth. This is one of the ways that Jesus described Him. He described Him in many different ways. He described Him as a comforter. This, this word that I love, that, that it was one of my favorite descriptions of the Holy Spirit. Comforter, or the word He uses, parakletos in Greek, which means He stands back to back with you and says, I will fight this battle with you. He's got your back. But He also calls Him the Spirit of Truth. He talks about Him empowering And giving us power to witness. But then he calls him the spirit of truth. So this is important to know. Because it doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit just does one thing. Or he he doesn't just do one thing in our lives. But he is there to speak truth to us. To remind us. To lead us. To make us remember. What is true. What is good. It's part of discernment. Listening to the Holy Spirit. I've had moments in my life where I'm about to make dumb decisions. Amen. Anybody else? We've made bad choices. We've made done dumb things. And sometimes, sometimes, rarely, sometimes, if I pause long enough for a moment and try to listen to the Holy Spirit, I'll hear Him. And I remember I've had a conversation. I'm in Bible school. I remember having a conversation with uh, an ex-classmate of mine. And this guy, he was particularly argumentative. And I cannot say that I am much better. My wife always has to tell me to watch myself. Uh, I can't say that I am much better. I, I tend to be argumentative as well. I have to watch myself to pull out of conversations and situations if I notice. I don't always notice. But I remember in this one particular argument, I was getting really angry and really upset. And I remember I was about to say something. I was, I was really angry because in that moment, I, I felt entitled. I, 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 I remember that we were having a conversation about ministry. And this guy, you know, he, sometimes he would like change what, the God, what, what he said God was calling him to be every week. He could be a missionary one week. Pastor one week, 
business owner another week. Like, it never stayed the same. I don't know. Maybe he could be all three. That's fine. But I, I remember he started saying something that was questioning what I felt about my calling. And at that time in my life, I was very entitled. I knew myself and I, I didn't know myself. I learned of myself at my time in Bible school. And I learned that I was very entitled. But I know in that moment, I was about to call him out and say, Don't you know who I am? Don't you know what I've been through? And I just remember the Holy Spirit whispering, not even whispering, it's almost like he slapped me in the back of my head and said, Shut up, stupid. Don't say anything. And I got mad and I walked out of the room. <laughs> but we have to listen. It's a funny story, but we have to listen because the Holy Spirit will speak to us. He will speak to us, but we have to learn how to do it. We have to learn how to do it. First of all, when it comes to knowing truth, when it comes to listening, we have to ask. We have to ask. James chapter 1 verse 5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. So if you need wisdom, if you feel a little unwise, ask God and He will give you wisdom. But we have to ask. That's the first part. And that's usually the part we, we, we have down. We've got that. We know that part. We know how to ask. In fact, pretty much most of our prayer life, if you've grown up like in the church, most of prayer life tends to be just kind of asking God for things. God, I need a new car. I need a new job. I need help on a test. I need help on this. I need help on that. God, I don't want to be single. Send me a boyfriend. Send me a girlfriend. God, I need to get married. I need a new car. I need money. You know, we've, we've got that down. We know the asking part. It's easy. Because all we got to do is talk. But the problem with talking is, is if I were to have a conversation with 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 Stephen here today, if I were to have a conversation with him, and we talked for 30 minutes, but in those 30 minutes, I did all of the talking. Did I have a conversation? No. I just talked, like I'm doing to you right now. I, I just talked. That's not a conversation. That's not listening. A conversation is speaking and listening and responding so to listen means that sometimes we have to be quiet. Prayer can be silent. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to find words to speak. Sometimes all you need to do is be quiet. Because otherwise we won't be able to hear what he has to say to us. Because he wants to. God wants to talk to us. He wants to have conversation with us. Sometimes what we need to do is listen. Mother Teresa in an interview one time said that, what do you do when you pray? I listen. What does God say? He listens too. Because that's part of conversation, listening. And that's what God wants us to do, to listen to him. But we've got to listen, otherwise we won't recognize. Jesus said, my voice will recognize, my, my, my sheep will recognize my voice. 
But how are we going to do that if we never let him talk to us? If we're never in the word, if we're never sitting and listening to a conversation that he's trying to have with us. If we never listen, we won't hear and we won't know the truth. Because he wants us to know it. He will lead us to it. He will guide us to it. He is the spirit of truth. But we have to listen. And the last thing here is a question as I was studying all of this. A question that I thought of. What if I get it wrong? What if, what if we get it wrong? What if we get, what if we make a mistake and we thought we heard something and we thought that this is what it was supposed to be and we, we thought that we, we said it right or we did the right thing or we, we, we believed the right thing. What if we get it wrong? And to that, the answer that came to me was simply that it's okay Because God is patient. God is loving. And this is a journey that we are all on. This is a journey we're all on. We might get it wrong sometimes. We might. As a young preacher, at 16, 17 years old, some of my first sermons, I remember I preached against MySpace. Some of y'all don't know what a MySpace even is. I was like, MySpace is of the devil. Don't get it. Now I look back and I was like, I wish I had MySpace now because my Facebook profile is boring. doesn't have music, graphics. Y'all don't know that about that. If you knew MySpace, MySpace was ahead of its time. But I preached against MySpace. And then, I, then later I learned, you know what? Social media, that can be used to be, reach people for Jesus. To talk to people. To connect with people. I was like, I don't know what I was thinking, but somebody told me it was of the devil and I just said it back. We get it wrong. It's okay. We're all on this journey. Luckily, that was a small mistake, but sometimes we get it wrong and we treat people wrong. We treat people without love. We treat people with hate. We, we ostracize people and push them out of the church, even though God wants them to be here and know him. Sometimes we get it wrong, but the thing we have to do is simply go back to God and say, I got it wrong, help me get it right. And God, who is infinitely patient, infinitely loving, infinitely kind, say, it's okay, come walk with me. Let me show you, let me tell you, let me teach you truth and how to know it would you stand with me this afternoon it's not easy we live in a world where there is so much information constantly bombarding us nowhere is safe you think if you don't have social media or you don't use your phone that much that you're safe nah you just drive down the Roads, all there is is billboards, flyers, signs, papers, China. I will buy your ugly house. What do you mean I have an ugly house? You know, there's everywhere. Everywhere. Competing for our attention. 
But if we stop and just for a moment listen, we will see that God is trying to speak to us and lead us to who he is so that we might know truth. But more than just truth, we might know him. That we might know Jesus. So today, let's seek that. If you, if you want to know Jesus today, and you are here in this place or watching online, and I always make this call because it's, it's part of the journey. Taking the first step is part of the journey. And say, I want to know Jesus today. So we got to start. And if you want to start that journey, just pray this prayer with me. It's just a simple sentence. I, you can close your eyes, keep them open, whatever feels more comfortable for you, wherever you're at. And just pray this prayer with me. Jesus, here I am. I want to know you. I give you my life to walk with you today. And anybody that prayed that, God, we know that they are beginning a new journey. And we pray over them in this moment that they might get to know you, that they recognize this truth in this moment, that your word says they are now a new creation. They have a second chance at life, at living. And you want to know them you want them to know you. They're not alone. They are surrounded by us in prayer and in love. And as they go along this journey, may we continue to help them and walk with them just as God walks with them. Amen. And for those of us who might be going through something difficult today and like, I don't know truth. It's difficult. And I'm still not sure, even after all of that you said, and that's okay. It's a journey that we are to understand God and know Him and know truth, and He will walk with us. So if that's you today, or if you have any other need, I will pray for you today. Just simply raise up your hand, or if you're online, let us know in the comments. And if you made the prayer today to know Jesus, let us know too. We want to reach out to you. Father God, in this moment, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence in this place. We don't always get it right. We don't always know the truth. Sometimes we get it wrong. So help us, Holy Spirit. Help us to hear your voice. Help us to know you and stand on a solid foundation. Help us to have fruit that exemplifies your truth and your love, God. Help us to find you and to know you deeper. Because we need you. Life is difficult. Things are hard. And we need you. So Holy Spirit, speak to us today. Speak to us today. If you need prayer for anything else, these spaces open or just lift, lift up your hand as the worship team leads us into the presence of God this morning.
hope you've enjoyed this message. We'd love to hear your story about how you've been blessed by this ministry or how we can pray for you. To connect with us, you can email us at amen at myemmanuelchurch.com. And if you would like to support us financially, you can give online at myemmanuelchurch.com slash give. Also, if you're in the area, we'd love to see you in person for the full worship experience. Thanks again, and we hope you have a blessed week.